Welcome to the Grand Rising Podcast, where emotional sovereignty meets empowerment. Join hosts Katrina and Liz as we embark on a beautiful journey of transmuting emotion to create our world through the lenses of astrology, human design, and divine feminine empowerment. In each episode, we delve into emotional growth, even during the most challenging of times, by offering insights, tools, and wisdom to help you not only manage, but thrive on your emotional journey. Subscribe today for celestial insights, heartfelt conversations, humor, and a cosmic dose of wisdom to elevate your emotional intelligence and transform your world. and welcome back to the Grand Rising Podcast. We are on our special topic for the month, and it is all about Venus. Um, so we have the Venusian theme um, underlining so many of the changes that have taken place in the last couple years. Uh, so we thought we would make it a special topic of this second month. Um, and that is, you know, Divine Feminine Rising. Uh, Venus rules the divine feminine. She is loving, intuitive, and receptive, and as you will see, she is in charge. Uh, we are going to talk about the Venus cycle, which we have done in a prior episode, but this is going to go even more in depth um, and kind of into our own experiences with it. Um, so we have to remember that the outer planets, Jupiter, Uranus, Neptune, and Saturn have all been hanging out in either signs that are ruled by Venus or signs that exalt Venus. Uh, so she's definitely the one, the theme here. Um, we keep hearing about these these transits, um, but we we aren't really not many people are talking about how Venus is intertwined and involved in it all. Um, we've spoken at length about the divine feminine rising, how grand it is, um, and so I think you know for this we are going to leave the political collective out of it. Um, we want it to be more individual focused, but there is a theme with Venus and the Roe versus Wade thing, and plenty of astrologers are talking about that. Um, if you're interested in learning more. So, but this is more about us stepping into our ethereal power. We don't have to rule and lead like men. Um, if that worked, the world would not be in sh shit right now. <laughs> uh, so, um, we have to lean into our softness as a strength. Uh, we are receptives and the intuitives and the nurturers of society. And it is time we take that place. Um, but we as women still have some work to do ourselves. And that is what we hope to uncover here. Yeah, I think, you know, we spoke at length in our Divine Feminine Rising uh, episode about Venus, um, about a lot of this. I've learned a lot more since then, but I just want to mention a few things briefly just for some background. So as you said, Venus is the Divine Feminine, and the Divine Feminine is meant to attract and manifest, right, to receive reciprocity. She works in eight-year cycles, and we are in a collective year eight right now, and the eight is all about becoming a power player. It's about no longer playing a supporting role in everyone else's drama and instead becoming the main character of your own life, you know, and creating that with intention. She creates the five petals of a cosmic rose or a five-pointed star, and the number five is all about freedom, and so Venus is teaching us that freedom comes in taking responsibility for our own energy and state of being. We kind of spoke about how the cycles of Venus relate to the story of Anana in that episode as well, where gate one or year one would be about learning authority, the next one is perception, and then, you know, the gates of Anana correlate with the years in the cycle of Venus. So year three would be communication, four, compassion, five, personal power, six, creativity, your seven is manifestation, and your eight is kind of the intention year. 
And so you should be living this year very intentionally. Um, and before I dive into a bit of what this means, given the current gate or year we're at, is there anything that you want to add or expand on? Well, I just wanted to say that um, the archetype of Venus reminds me of my grandma, Joyce. Um, she is one of the most strong and nurturing and loving people that I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, she has she had a very very difficult life growing up her father committed suicide in the house they were living in her mother had to kind of take over and so a lot of things that would have hardened her as a person she really I think embraced her feminine more so and you know she got married quite young as everybody does back then um and you know had my my dad and my uncle but I just remember her as being just this loving presence always. She was always so giving of, of things. She's like the type of person that um, she writes cards for everybody every year and sends them out. She even writes my dog a birthday card and oh sends it every single year. I want Have I seen her chart? I feel like... Uh, I don't know if you have. I, I, I'm kind of unsure on her birth Wasn't time. there some Taurus She's involved. got a Taurus moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She's a very, um, just a very loving, caring person. Um, very giving of herself. Very, um, but very also in touch with her femininity. I mean, she was always very fancy. She always loved very adornments. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, she's, you know, so yeah, she... Venus, I think, plays a big role in who she is. And we talk about um, the, you know, she always had, after, even after my grandpa died, uh, she always, she had a long-term relationship. And she got a tattoo of a rose when she was like 70 years old. <laughs> I on love her it. leg. And yeah, she just, she's always been in touch. She always will call me up and and talk to me about, you know, different things that she thinks can help me and or help the girls. She's very, she comes over and brings all kinds of gifts. So that's really what Venus is about, is about this loving, nurturing energy um, that is so, but yet so strong. Somebody that can endure um, so much, but just by being who they are. She doesn't feel like she has to you know, push or, you know, she never really worked much in her life. She worked, you know, odd jobs here and there, but she was really the caretaker of, of, you know, was a stay at home mom and, and cared uh, for my dad and my uncle. And, you know, she just is a great person and she reminds me so much of, of Venus. I I love that so much. That's definitely very Venusian energy. I love that she has the Taurus moon that definitely comes, comes into play there. Yeah. Um, so the first puddle of the current eight year cycle actually started in June of 2020 with a retrograde in Gemini. And in March of 2021, we had a Venus Kazemi in Aries. And so this was us kind of undergoing a new cycle in matters of all things Venus, relationships, pleasure, attraction, money. And it was in 2020 that COVID hit. And Mm -hmm. so we suddenly found ourselves by June of that year kind of quarantined and forced to admit whether or not the lives we had created were actually beautiful. (laughs) Um, The Gemini retrograde was kind of us having to reflect on the information, you know, that we realized Uh, when we were forced to be at home and be still. Mm -hmm. Um, Very Venus, like being still, being reflective, right? 
Um, and then the Aries Kazemi is us discovering the inspiration to pioneer and move ourselves forward and change what needed to be changed. Um, I feel like that was the year to discover the authority over your own life, even as the authorities who thought they were in charge was telling us differently. Mm -hmm. uh, no one can take your peace, your state of mind, your emotional integrity away from you without you consenting to that. So it was a year to learn how to stand in your power and to not be moved. And we started kind of learning that we could just actually speak authentically and make money even because people were getting creative on TikTok and figuring ways out to make money. They had lost their jobs, you know. So in a way, as awful as COVID was in so many ways, it was also beneficial collectively at the end of it all. Um, but like I mentioned before that there was this cute young girl on TikTok and she, I mean, she cooks her ass off. She, I mean, her stuff looks amazing, yeah. you know, and so I've been watching her videos and she comes off just so genuine and funny. And then I happened to just, I'm not even following her on Facebook. I didn't even know she had a Facebook. It just showed up yesterday that she's going on the Today Show, Oh, that's so you know, cool. and I saw, so I mentioned that. So, so the route to fame has been exposed and usurped, right? Which is, which Pluto and Aquarius is going to evolve now. So there's no more needing to know someone or be part of the cool crew or do shady things to get ahead. You just kind of put yourself out there as your authentic individual self. And then that's what people will gravitate toward. Um, and then that will happen for you. But that's Venus. We attract. We don't chase and beg right. and, and do dirty deeds. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember that time. Um, it was the be kind of the beginning of this awesome time for women. Um, I think I talked about this, I think, before. But the, I joined a community of women during that time called Alpha Femme. And the, the leader of that community, um, Melanie Ann Lair, is a very, um, now very, very successful um, feminine empowerment coach. And her signature program is about um, the divine feminine and about how to tap into that energy. But I participated in lots of trainings um, related to the divine feminine, wealth building and emotional intelligence. You know, I was interacting with women from all over the world who were leading the charge of this new age and where women were becoming wealthy in their own right. Um, you know, I still have many friends that I interact with to this day, you know, that I met during that time that, and it's been so awesome to see how successful, um, you know, they have been. Um, and this all kind of happened, um, the day before COVID hit, which I remember very well, at least for us here in Michigan, it was March 13th, um, was the day that kind of everything shut down. And I had joined this program that was like a thousand dollars a month. So it was no like small investment, um, for me. And, and then next day I lost my ability to make money Oh <laughs> no! because realtors were deemed non-essential. And so I had all of these fears, you know, creep in. Um, and I had, if I had not had that group of women to kind of lean on and, and help me discover my own power, you know, during that time, I don't know if I would have been able to fulfill that commitment. But as it turned out, you know, we we adapted um, and we went more with the flow and in, in I got more into my feminine and it ended up being one of the best years that we've had in business um, so far. So. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense for you too because the retrograde would have been in your third house and the Kazemi in your first, right? So that group or community third house that you formed kind of helped you change your perspective and step into this like new version of yourself, you know, yeah. this more powerful identity. 
Um, I know for me, this was the year that um, the first man that I had dated since my uh, ex-husband kind of came into my life. Mm -hmm. Um, It was so it was the first year I had attempted dating since leaving my ex in 2016 and also the first time in my life that I set and enforced boundaries on red flags with a man. So I would just say that it definitely helped me understand my authority in that way. Um, It's also the year I began um, doing candle magic and manifestation, which is definitely Venus. Um, She went retrograde in Gemini at 13 degrees, another divine feminine number that speaks to the responsibility. Um, But we have to get rid of this idea that responsibility uh, is hard work or physical labor. Right. Because it's not always. It really does start with being responsible energetically so that you can align with the life you'd rather live. And of course, we talked about Saturn and Pisces really trying to teach us that and that that's where our real power lies uh this man had come back into my life uh and tried to in june uh right before the retrograde Mm. um and i didn't get the message so he ended up coming back by july 1st and by the end of july i was asking him not to do that anymore (laughs) (laughs) um so i kind of just handed authority over that year of my life to my higher self it was it was a um, cancer rising solar year which is my 12th house which i'm going into next month as well so there's a lot of subconscious a growth and uncomfortableness in those years for mm. me. And there was, but, um, you know, Aries is her supposed detriment for Venus, right? And in the Kazemi in March of 2021, I feel like it actually makes sense for it to be in Aries because Aries is all about taking authority. Uh, women have it simply by existing because our creativity is our authority, right? And I feel like that's why they try so hard to strip us of creativity. And Gemini, we're kind of thinking about things, but in Aries, we want to do. And for me, Gemini is the 11th house. So I began to believe in manifestation and sit in the vibration of the life I wanted to create long term. And the Kazemi would have been in my Aries ninth house, which signaled the need to kind of stand up and assert myself if I wanted that life to materialize. Mm. Yeah, that's like, like you said, this was in my first and third house. So it was very much about my identity and who I was. And, and I'm about that time. I mostly remember being able to just spend so much time with my husband and my, my babies. Um, You know, my stepdaughter Lonnie was living with us. Um, Emmy had just turned one and she was so cute and just like getting that, you know, time with her when she was young, um, you know, and my older daughter was growing into such a funny, special kid. Um, you know, we did a really cool celebration, a really creative celebration for Isaac's birthday and made him a huge music video that we presented like Shark Tank style kind of highlighting all of the number one songs. I want to see that yeah, video because your it. girls are Leo Moons and I bet it's awesome. It is funny. <laughs> um, and so... And of course, they were quite young, so I think if we even redid it, like maybe for his next big birthday, then it would be even, even better. Even better, yeah. Um, but, you know, we performed songs on video. Um, it was very funny and creative, but I was really just like leaning back into that divine feminine and allow, and I just was so surprised at when I did that, how much the universe met me there and was like cared for me and... You know, I I was, you know, even though for many months we weren't able to work, we still were being provided for. Like, it was not anything that we had to worry about. Um, So it was a really good year. Um, Personally, just like we we talked about, just because the collective is going to shit doesn't mean you can't have a good year. Um, I did so much personal growth and development work. My business was going well. Um, You know, we were just really thriving despite everything going on in the outside world. Um, you know, we were creating our own reality and enjoying, you know, the extra time that we were spending as a family. Um, and then, you know, around, I think that must have been in 2021, um, March, 
Um, I took a great trip with my mom, you know, to Palm Springs for my 40th birthday uh, and, you know, have been on, I've been on this journey for a while to move from my baseline of like avoidant attachment to more secure attachment. And that this is the year that I really, I think, started that journey. Um, and it's been four years of work and it's still, I'm still going, but, um, you know, this is just to say that, you know, healing yourself takes time. Uh, you know, I still struggle sometimes with being vulnerable and still struggle at times, you know, with nervous system dysregulation, but I'm much better than I was. Um, I used to take everything personally, fly off the handle and be incredibly self-righteous. Um, I still struggle a little bit with the self-righteousness just because um, a six line and a projector in human design and we're almost designed to feel like we're always right and know the best <laughs> path. Um, but I've come to learn that, you know, this skill works much better for those um, that I'm not emotionally involved with. So um, I can see and guide as I should if I'm invited. Yeah, yeah. And you're Sag Moon too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like, you know, it was such a time for growth uh, for so many people. I find it fascinating that we both grew so much, but in different ways. <laughs> um, I love that, you know, I was learning to stand up for myself where you were learning where to soften and go with the flow. Right. Um, that came much later for me, but I'm glad that it came. I think, you know, we help each other with these lessons on a deeper level. Um, but when we get to the second petal of Venus, this is really about us moving into the lessons a little deeper, really kind of honing in on our perception and how to communicate better with the people in our lives. You know, we're kind of starting to really understand more of the journey we are on. Now, this petal was formed between January of 2022 and October of 22. So the retrograde happened in Capricorn in January, where we were kind of asking ourselves a few questions, because now that we're sort of becoming... Um, or beginning to understand our authority, we need to figure out why, what do we want? Why do we want it? And how are we going to achieve it? And we can't just leave that to Capricorn alone, right? Because the entire lesson of Pluto and Capricorn has been to forego the hustle, that right. it's all a joke, you know, all of that shit has been exposed. So our perception has definitely changed. And so now we're preparing to communicate to the outside world, the changes that have taken place inside of us. Um, the Kazemi later in October actually happened at the last degree of Libra. Mm. So I think of 2022 as the year I discovered my love of gardening, which is very <laughs> Venusian. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'd always um, had a garden, but 2022, like took it to a whole different level. I learned about um, winter sowing, which is um, something I hope to teach other people about um, is a, when you live in a freezing cold climate, it's, it's been drilled in that we have to start our seeds indoors and do all this extra stuff with, um, you know, getting lights and all this stuff, but you really don't need to do that. Um, you know, I was really embracing intentional living and, and I was communicating it. I'll, if I go back and look at, you know, my posts and things on social media, it was all about my flowers and my, my fixing up my home and, um, cooking a lot. Um, I think we remodeled our bathroom during that time. And, you know, Isaac and I took a lot of like weekend getaways that year. Um, and I, it was just a really great year. It was my Jupiter return year for one. So it was a good year, um, for me for that. But, um, this was also the year that Isaac was diagnosed with a vestibular schwannoma and we were told he, we needed to prepare him for brain surgery, um, which that really tested my ability to be in my feminine. 
Um, you know, he needed that nurture and that calm strength from me. Um, and I was really trying my hardest to give that to him. Um, you know, we were also helping care for my little cousin during that time. I kind of rose to be this matriarchal leader of my family um, after a situation that happened in late 2021. Um, and I've continued to rise to that position and have been, um, you know, further recognized by my family as a feminine leader. Um, so even now, you know, I'm still the one people seek out for advice and guidance. Um, and sometimes I feel a little burdened by it. Um, and it goes back to that reciprocity, right? And, and I need that in order to, you know, keep me going. Um, you know, but it, overall, I'm very grateful for my strength and my knowledge and my ability to lean into my Venus, really. And, um, you know, and, and getting past uh, caring if people take my advice or not. Which is tough for a lot of us. Yes, Because we feel like our advice is really good. And it is. And so when we <laughs> give it to people and they don't take it, it's almost an insult. It is. <laughs> if only people would just listen to us, like we have all the answers. <laughs> uh, you know, I love that so much. And it was through that struggle, you know, with you being left with no choice, you kind of had to rise into that matriarchal yes. kind of power. And I think we're taught from such a young age that – being anything is better than being a woman, right? But the opposite is true in so many ways. And so I'm excited to see how the cycle evolves. Um, I've been the matriarchal leader in my family for a very long time. I just didn't know. I didn't know it was a role or that I was playing it. So I wasn't playing it with very much intention for right. a long time. Right. Um, but I'm definitely the one that everybody kind of always comes to. Um, but a good matriarch, what I've realized, teaches those she loves how to soar and thrive without her, right? That's our job, letting go, flow, release, ebb. Yes. Not caring if they take our advice or not, just doing what we can, knowing we did our part. And that can be really hard. Um, I do remember January 2022, because it was the first time I caught COVID. Um, I spent a lot of time in 2020. Part of my empowerment was overcoming health anxiety that started with COVID. Mm. Um, and so it was another way that I was kind of taking authority over myself. And then that also, because this is my sixth house of health, right? So that began this spiral of tests and appointments for me that year, too. Um, and the Kazemi in October was at the last degree of Libra. So we're now understanding that empathy is not enabling and we cannot abandon self-respect and self-compassion in the name of enabling our own bitterness and resentment. And mm. so I actually went back to my October 2022 journals and I was doing a lot of perspective shifting, which makes sense with my Libra third house. I was kind of wrestling with personal power and asking myself, you know, if I'm so powerful, how come I can't break this habit or I can't break that habit? Right. And, you know, kind of reflecting on that and then just creating business plans. And a friend of mine back then, we were talking about actually doing a podcast because she wanted me to teach about the divine feminine and conscious connecting. Um, but with the Mars retrograde in Gemini, that kind of went out the window. And I'm glad because now here I am doing it with you. <laughs> um, mm. So it's kind of funny how they things are just like show back up, right. you know, in those cycles. Yeah, that's – I wish I did more journaling. Um, I used pictures to kind of remember the times. I probably should have journaled. But um, that's been a habit that's just still hard for me to stick to. Um I thankfully have remained COVID free after all of these years. Um, I do a lot of energy magic and have put protective spells over my home and around my family. And I would like to think that those have helped um, in us staying healthy. Um, I also really try to focus on healthy eating and keeping my immune system strong. 
Um, but 2022, like I mentioned, was my Jupiter return year. And so it was very expansive. And I was like traveling like a mug. <laughs> like I went to France with my mom for two weeks in July. Um, you know, another woman, you know, that's a very, it was a very Venus oriented trip. Um, it was so epic. You know, we flew into Paris, traveled by train down to Marseille, stayed at a beautiful Airbnb. Uh, we explored the city by foot and even took a ferry to like another part of Marseille to, um, go to this like pop-up restaurant owned by a woman. We had, um, a woman tour guide through the Provence region and saw the lavender fields and some of the historic towns such as Gode, which is where the Russell Crowe movie, A Good Year, was set. Um, and then we took a train to Cannes, where I swam in the Mediterranean for the first time and watched the Bastille Day fireworks, uh, which were fabulous over the Mediterranean as well. Um, and then we ended our trip back in Paris, where we met up with my uncle and his husband, and we toured the city uh, of Paris for almost a week. And then in October... Um, kind of at the end of that pedal, my brother and sister-in-law invited us to join them in Mexico, um, which is a trip that they received for their, um, for their wedding as a gift. And my sister-in-law, whom I love dearly, um, her father is a Hall of Fame member at the Hard Rock. And so we had like the presidential treatment. It was very high luxury, um, including a rock star suite, a butler, like so many excursions. We went to Tulum, Chichen Itza, Isla Mujeres. Um, we went on a yacht, like we felt like we were like celebrities. <laughs> it was so <laughs> awesome. Um, it was definitely like the trip of a lifetime and made me absolutely fall in love with Mexico, um, which is why I eventually want to own property there and host retreats. Um, but yeah, 2022 was very magical for me, which was much needed because, uh, 2023 was not so much. It was <laughs> definitely one of the hardest years, um, I think of my life. So. Well, and I think you guys deserved a good year after everything you had dealt with. And even though 2021 was, was a good year for you with like the, the diagnosis for Isaac and like yeah. all of the family stuff that was happening, you know, or, it's so funny, the duality that life, oh, yeah. life can hold. <laughs> um, I feel like, uh, well, my cousin, by the way, because I mentioned to her last night about the the whole Mexico thing, and she's like, don't move to Mexico. She's like, there's so much crime there. She starts going on and on about it, you know, but I was like, girl, I'm good. That's like, propaganda. Yeah. Um, I haven't had what I would call a single magical year in my life. There's always something magical in a year for me, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Um, but that's what I feel like I'm changing this year. Um you know, just brutal lessons and being who I say that I am so that I can have that, that year, you know, mm-hmm. I had so much Aries in 2023, um, that was kind of forcing me to step up and assert myself. Um, and I feel like that's kind of been constant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm making 2024 the most magical year of my life with intention, right. By using that assertiveness, um, March in particular, I do plan to move forward with quite a few things. Our home and family dynamics are going to change, um, but it is to help us financially. And so I'm looking forward to being a more active part of like my daughter's family and my grandson's life. Not that they're far now, they're upstairs, <laughs> um, but it'll be a more daily thing. And so by the time we get to pedal three, uh, we are talking about a peak in our storyline. Um, and so we're nearing this kind of halfway point through the cycle of Venus. And this one was the retrograde in August, 2023. And the Kazemi has not happened yet. That will be June of 2024. Uh, but in August of 2023, Venus was retrograde in Leo. We spoke a lot about that on the podcast. And it's kind of what led to the rebranding of our podcast that we never saw coming. It kind of gave it roots and this routine to follow. And this was really about figuring out what do you desire and how can you be devoted to it? 
You know, in Leo, we have to be devoted above all to integrity and authenticity. So that's the current phase we're in now is aligning with our integrity and our authenticity. The gates of personal power and creativity come to mind here for me. It's a great time to be exploring your personal power and kind of what that means for you and how you can use yours in a creative way. Now, at this point, I know what this is for me, too. I don't know where my situation will be by the time we air this episode, but I know kind of where I'm at, you know, while I'm prepping for it and talking about it. Um, And I am facing a crossroads of sorts. Um, Do I want to be devoted to developing the storyline that is meant to be my life, my purpose, or do I devote myself to serving others at the expense of that purpose? No. Right, exactly. So that's what's going on for me. But in June of this year, the Kazemi will happen in Gemini where the cycle began in 2020. So this is our halfway point. And we're going to be taking all of the information and integrating it into our identity. It helps to know you know, what houses this is happening in for you, obviously. Um, Leo in general is about integrity and authenticity. So leading others in that light. And for you, that's the fifth house of pleasure, romance, parenting, and and all things creatively self-expressed. And the Gemini retrograde in June will be in the third house of mindset, perception, and local community. And for me, of course, that's the first house of self, body, how I move through the world in Gemini, my 11th house of networking groups and long-term objectives. So knowing the the houses is really important because it can kind of help you narrow down where in life you need to be focused uh, on this energy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, um, those two scopes of focus. Um, 2023 was tough. You know, we started it with Isaac having brain surgery in January. In fact, like, right now is almost a year since that happened that at the time we're recording this um you know we spent a week at the university of michigan um hospital you know and i was super focused on astrology and human design learning and i think i was using that as a way to like ground myself um and you know to kind of take my mind off of things but you know because i was making all the decisions communicating with everybody about this um, about his progress and healing journey. So very Gemini related, you know, mm-hmm. I was making lots of phone calls, lots talking to lots of people that were in my kind of small circle, as well as, you know, caring for him in what would be, you know, a very long road to recovery. Um, uh, can I just say too, that yeah. would, that would be your fifth house Leo as well, because oh. it changed like how you had to parent the girls because yeah. Isaac was kind of down and like yeah. it, it, it involved both of those houses. That's true. Yeah. Um, so we're almost a year out from his, his surgery and, you know, he still struggles with headaches and other issues that we're working through. Um, we did also have some struggles in our marriage last year. A lot of old attachment and nervous system dysregulation, um, was still hanging out there. Um, you know, I know we talked about a bit about attachment styles. I tend to be more avoidant and Isaac is more anxious, which is opposite, obviously, and although, you know, they always seem to end up in relationships with each other, um, but I'm learning how to identify my feelings and, and understanding that some of the emotions I feel aren't even my own, but because I'm so open as a projector that they're ones that I've picked up from my environment. So I'm learning to be more stoic and, and sit with feelings and not take them personally. Which is hard. It's very hard. It's like <laughs> the work of my lifetime. Um, you know, and I've actually had a few of my own health struggles that kind of started at the end of the, um, the year. And so I've dedicated myself to making some major changes, including, um, stopping drinking alcohol. Um, I stopped drinking on the eclipse in October. 
Um, so it's been three months since I've had a drink. And although I was not really a big drinker, um, you know, the choice I made was empowering. Um, and I know it has, has helped my health. And so, you know, we're a fully sober family now and looking to involve ourselves more in, in the sober community here. So that, you know, goes back to the Gemini um, you know, and finding ways to embrace our joy, Leo, without substances. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to 2024. I've been consciously working at being more vulnerable and more authentic, moving um, toward that Leo energy, which is also my North Node. So it seems fitting. Um, Leo is in my fifth house of fun and joy and creativity and children. And, you know, projectors are actually supposed to have more fun and get back um, you know, and, and to find their joy and to play more and, and do all of those things. That's when we get the most invitations is when we're doing all those things. So, um, it only makes sense that we, you know, getting back to that is, is going to be in the cards. Yeah. Because Leo is like the inner child energy Yes, to create and play and, and have fun in an authentic way where you're not worried about judgment. Right. You know, and when we're aligned like that, so authentically, the universe just simply responds. Even now you were, oh, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. Go, no. I was going to say you were talking about that year. I don't remember which year it was where you, uh, it was 2020 when COVID hit and you said the universe just kind of took care of you. Yeah. That's exactly what's happened in my situation. Like yeah. John hasn't been able to work. And even though, um, I mean, we're still in a better position than we would have been you know, five, six months ago. Right. So it's crazy to me how the universe just, right when I need it, the money comes in. Yes. I'm just provided for. I'm cared for. And um, I think this benefit is going to take care of the last of our concerns and then we're in a good space again. So yeah. so it's just amazing to me how if you show up authentically and you, and you really do try, you, you know, like I said, in the, in, when we talked about the winter roads and everything and me not having to drive on them, I was just willing genuinely yes. willing to conquer the fear in the universe didn't make me do it so right. it just meets you where you're at you know I do want to talk about a little bit about how Venus is kind of underlying everything right now but before I do that I just kind of wanted to give the dates for the future so that you can explore that on your own if you're interested so by the time we reach petal four um, things have started to unravel right the core lessons of this cycle have definitely made themselves known um, and you're going to manifest the life you want intentionally. Um, well, if you so believe that anyway, right? Right. Expansion is going to take place. The retrograde will happen in March of 25 at two degrees of Aries. So why is the divine feminine considered in detriment in the sign of pioneering? Because her energy is actually essential to the foundation of what's being pioneered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, she will station direct in Pisces, um, which I'm going to connect through Saturn here shortly. But her Kazemi will happen at zero Scorpio, October 2026. And I feel this ushers in this extreme transformation of personal identity and the sort of integration of our collective shadow that's kind of more complete. Mm. Um, the fifth petal is where our consciousness has kind of reached a new level. We're harvesting the rewards of the work we've done. Old relationships fall away. New ones begin. And in August of 2027, we have a Venus Kazemi at 20 Leo, having us reflect on that authenticity and integrity that we have built. And then she would go Kazemi again, starting the cycle all over at 11 Gemini in June of 2028. Wow. So she always, she always Kazemi's in Gemini, huh? For the beginning and end. Yeah. Okay. She's, as she uh, goes around, the new cycle usually starts in Gemini, which is fitting because you think of Gemini as gathering information. It's the start of the process where that's kind of what we're doing, right. gathering information. Right, and um, women are so are, are such the underpinnings to community as well. I mean, we're 
the creators of community, I feel. Yes, I feel like, you know, it's it's, it's fitting, you know, women rising up, being heard. Um, For so long, our voice was suppressed. Yes. And they're still trying to suppress it in many ways. Um, And so Gemini is just very fitting for that as well because it it shows the divine feminine showing up and wanting to be heard. Yeah, Um, I love that. So, yes. You know, as a Mars-ruled person, um, <laughs> it is kind of hard. It has been harder for me to embrace my my Venusian side. Well, your Venus is also ruled by Mars. Yeah, <laughs> right. I have Venus in Aries, which is de- in, in its detriment. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, I think subconsciously I've kind of looked at the feminine as, as weak and have, you know, hid my own emotions from myself to not feel the pain. Um, like I said, I have Venus in Aries, so... Um, I look at the retrograde of March of next year as kind of like my rebirth, um, you know, when I will be able to be, you know, fully integrated into this feminine, soft person that I want to be. Um, I've been dabbling for a while and the last year has taught me that I still have some more work to do to regulate my nervous system. Um, you know, and from a collective level, I'm looking forward to more women coming into power so that we can form this matriarchal, matriarchal society where all humans are loved and cared for, or where there's enough abundance to go around. You know, our current culture is very rooted in lack and the feeling that if someone else has something that somehow takes away from the whole. Um, and, you know, we've been looking at everything as though it's on a scale and not, you know, synergy. And so um, the most vulnerable people in our society being well cared for really benefits the collective. Um, You know, we have all this power that's gathered at the top and uh, it's going to be toppled with the help of Venus and the divine feminine rising. Uh, Women are already rising to positions of power that we've never seen. Uh, It used to be this way back in ancient times. The women were the ones in charge and it was very utopian. Um, because we are the nurturers in society. Um, So many women have been abused and forced to be in their masculine energy that they think that being like a man makes them strong when the opposite is true. Um, So in this age of Aquarius, women are the water bearers. We are the ones building communities, feeding the poor, healing the sick, and caring for the children. This is not to say that men won't have a place, but it will, you know, be under the guidance of those who have the best interest of the collective at heart and not competing for accolades and praise on who can build the highest building. Um, You know, in human design, we talk a lot about the big shift coming in 2027 and how that energy will be our currency how our energy will be our currency. So I I think, you know, this concept aligns so much with this Venus cycle. Um, And as it closes up in the early days of 2028, um, our world will look much different than it does now. Oh, for sure. It, it, It truly will. And, you know, it just goes back to the theme of, you know, for so many years, you know, women being taught that the best they can do is, you know, have a man claim them. It led to a lot of the things we've talked about, like women choosing men over their children. And it's not a very intentional thing, but this idea of women waking up and empowering other women to choose themselves and to choose their children and to choose, you know, a life of luxury and ease. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I'm here for a soft life, too. <laughs> I, I am soft so life. here for it. Um, but currently, Venus is underlying everything and propping it up with Jupiter's assistance, which is even better because now we have both benefics 
that are kind of working behind the scenes together um, in a very quiet way. Um, and so I want to start with some basic plate placements. Um, Saturn is currently in a sign that exalts Venus, which is Pisces, and Saturn is the planet of discipline. And in Pisces, he speaks to our inner divine discipline. And in Capricorn, um, being a feminine sign and representing government and structures, Pluto in Capricorn, as we said, kind of exposed the patriarchy, patriarchy for what it is. Uh, women are the source of all life and the portal into this world. And again, this is not to pit women against men no. in any way, shape, or form. Um, but the gender roles in our society have been twisted for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Saturn rules Capricorn and can speak to physical discipline, but that consistency is really hard to build externally if you haven't built it internally first. And so that's the divine feminine truth that they want us to avoid. Not only is Saturn in a sign that Venus exalts in, but he's in the bounds of Venus. And when you look at the Egyptian terms, so Venus is influencing Saturn to discipline the inner world and Saturn is influencing Venus to commit to that as a form of pleasure and self-care. Mm. Uh, right now, Venus is kind of just leaving Jupiter's sign while Jupiter remains in her sign. And she is telling us in Sagittarius that expansion and adventure can kind of bring in additional security and stability. So being one to come out of our comfort zones, right? Yes. Our creative sparks will create what comes next. It really does begin within. And so not only do my relationships serve as a mirror to those around me, but their relationship with me serves as a mirror for them. And so I think we should take that seriously too, if we want to be honest and abundant in life. But we talked a little bit about that, about using that mirror both ways. Absolutely. I love that you made the connection <clears throat> with the mirror because I know we've touched on this before, but it's so important um, that we must fully um, understand that we are all mirrors to each other. We live in a holographic simulation and anything that we are experiencing is meant for our growth and learning. Um, one of the most important mindset shifts I think we can have is to learn that life isn't happening to us. It's happening for us. Um, I was watching something with Deepak Chopra. Um, he was talking about the miracle that is life. Um, and when the sperm enters the cervix and makes its way toward the egg, it is previously thought that whoever got there first was the winner. Of course, that's very masculine, you know, like competitive. <laughs> um, but it's actually been discovered that the egg sends out a vibration and the sperm that matches the vibration is able to enter and the rest of the sperm stand down. Um, so this is so fascinating um, to learn about how miraculous like life really is and how the woman is still even in charge of that process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, like you said, we're the portals to life on this planet and we need to understand um, that the power that that ability holds. Um, you know, we hold life, but we also hold trauma in those same spaces, which is why healing is so important. You can't give birth to anything new if your vessel is filled with ancestral trauma um, that you've been carrying in your womb. Um, we need to cleanse it out in order to birth anything, whether it be a baby, a book, or a business. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Absolutely. You know, that's um, healing. And I, and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit, but um, it, it's something that women you know, we've gone also too far in what we were, you were talking about women chasing men or thinking that the best prize was for a man, man to choose them. There's been a whole another subset of women that have gone in the other direction that want to prove that they don't need yes. a man. And so that's another thing to look at too, is women being way too much in their masculine and 
Um, and that doesn't work either. No, because the wounded feminine is the one who's caring for everybody else at her own expense, right? And the wounded masculine is the one who just cares for herself because she's too afraid to let anybody else in. Right. You know, and so we can, men, women, it doesn't matter your gender, you can have a wounded masculine or feminine showing up. Exactly. And even both at times, it mm-hmm. can come out in different ways, for you sure. know. Um, and I would just say, you know, as far as, you know, healing the womb, I mean, that's part of it too to me. You know, that's where the life-giving portal is. Yes. You know, you and I have talked a lot about that. So so that's some some rich stuff you can get into. But we also have Uranus and Venus's sign right now. Um, and I feel like he's liberating us from scarcity by encouraging us to create within and be, you know, Uranus is very... Uh, shocking and sudden and so just take risks take chances you know in the material world um to use the downloads and intuition we get to cultivate the life we want to live one where safety security and even luxury can exist um and i'm so excited for the upcoming jupiter uranus conjunction but know that venus will be playing her part right so wherever she is she is ruling any planets in her sign that Mm -hmm. means she's in charge of uranus and jupiter and she's in you know capricorn by the time we air this Mm-hmm. So she's ruling them from Capricorn, a feminine sign, you know, rebuilding society and structures with that femininity. Yeah. That's going to be part of the conversation. And again, just reminding us that the divine feminine must be the guiding force of what we build. So it bothers me, you know, that everyone, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be, but they're so worried about men and they blame feminism and they tell us that men are committing suicide at higher rates. And while that's awful and I do feel empathy for them, you know, women starve themselves for the right to vote. Yes. You know, um, so the theme really is leaning into our softness, not just for you in the personal year too, but for us all. And I think it's fitting that you are in a two year. It's far more powerful for you, right? Stepping yeah. into this divine feminine is kind of stepping into that main character position of your life, which by the way, you're doing really well with. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, the new moon on January 11th was at 20 Capricorn. This was, you know, we talked a little bit about this. It was in the bounds of Venus and Mars in Capricorn at the time was in Jupiter's bounds, trine Jupiter and Venus's sign in bounds. Mm. So this is just really beautiful energy. Um, at the time also, uh, she was trying Chiron and Aries. And so to me, this really spoke to the divine feminine healing wounds related to her identity, her spirituality, her soul, you know, wounds that have been, um, have us now stepping into our, our, or had us, I should say, stepping into our wounded masculine, trying to control rather than settling into our softness and commanding and attracting. And I call this the evolution of the matriarchy, kind of like what's going on with my daughter, where I said in the previous episode that, um, you know, I got all this, this, I, I did it. I changed my whole life. They're never going to abandon me. I controlled it. Right. And now I have no control. Yeah. So, so that's that was what, really the lesson. Yeah. That was really the lesson the whole time. And so a lot of times the self-reflection is really good because then you, you understand those deeper lessons and go, ah, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> that's so true. So, so yeah, Venus is really guiding this whole thing. Um, and has been, you know, we have to remember that, when we talk about masculine and feminine energy, um, it's it's we we all have both energies. It's just now we're trying to seek this balance. Um, masculine is is going, it's doing, it's pushing, it's forcing, it's the hustle, and and Venus, you know, is or feminine is is being, it's receiving, it's intuiting, it's it's soft strength. Um, you know, she's the lighthouse guiding the ships safely to shore. She doesn't have to do anything. She just is, and that is, you know, creates this guide. 
Um, you know, she's the divine mother who loves all of her children. Uh, she's the one to lead us into this new earth that we are building. Um, and so the key is for women to accept the challenge and heal ourselves so that we're ready for the task. This includes looking at our own attachment styles, our shadows, our trauma, and focusing on healing our nervous systems. Like we talked about, the nervous system is really the core because it, it it's running the show in the background. Um, just like Venus is running the show, the nervous system, your nervous system is running the show. Um, and when you have so much toxicity, um, you actually become more electric and less magnetic. And so this, you know, doing things like cleansing, detoxing physically and mentally, um, and, you know, seeking professional help if you need to, um, I would look recommend looking into polyvagal theory, somatic healing techniques and breath work. Also being mindful of what you are consuming, both in terms of food and what you are watching. Um, I heard somebody refer to the television as the electronic income reducer. <laughs> so funny. Uh, this is why true. John and I are changing some things yeah. because he just sits and watches TV. I'm like, we could be taking courses. We could be learning right. things. We could be, you know what I yeah. mean? So, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so true, too. I mean, in and as we're going to see, like this whole thing just came out about, um, this is kind of a little bit off topic, that, that they're thinking that the Super Bowl is rigged. That because I guess some news pro news program had a, on the their ticker on the bottom that uh, so such and such Reba McIntyre and Post Malone and somebody else were going to be performing at the Super Bowl of San Francisco versus the Ravens, which we haven't even determined. That oh those no, are the we big, haven't. <laughs> the, yeah, that those are going to be the teams. But then when you look at the colors of the the Super Bowl promotional stuff. It's the Ravens and the San Francisco colors, and it's been that way for the last like several Super Bowls, and so interesting. Yeah, I don't pay attention much to football, but I, I know either. we don't know yet because John be informing me, and he yeah. told me yesterday. So I'm like super interesting. If that, if people that are onto that, if you wanted to like make some bets in Vegas, that those are going to be the teams. Oh, <laughs> if San Francisco I'm gonna, won if last that, night if it against comes Green out Bay. like that, that's going to be super. Yes, because Tori was really mad that the 49ers won yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So wow. It's, uh, yeah. So a lot of these illusions, I think. <laughs> That we've had and where we've been putting our attention and the bread and circus right um those are gonna be you know aquarius is gonna come in and and dismantle it's all definitely of that. gonna be exposed so that's super interesting yeah um overall i think you know um especially for women venus is helpful um knowing your venus placement yes. is helpful to embracing your divine feminine you know i have Venus and Capricorn in the sixth house. Um, and so I naturally, I love, I'm of service to people. Do you yes. know what I mean? Sixth house. That I'm feeding you and I'm doing your laundry and I, like all of these things. Um, but again, knowing the shadow side of that, why am I doing it? And, you know, am I doing it to, so you say I was here and give me that reciprocation. Um, right. And when you're not giving me that reciprocation, where am I, you know, if I start to feel Venus in the sixth house, especially in Capricorn, um, if I start to feel like it's obligation, then maybe there's not reciprocation and I need to take a look at that and what part I play in that where I might be able to step up or set a boundary or something like that. I mean, and is that what you want to leave as your legacy? Right. As the person that does all of the things yeah, for everybody well, else. Yeah, I told you that's kind of the crossroads I'm at right now. Yeah. But every there's been a lot on my Venus too. We The Mercury retrograde we just had actually went retrograde on my Venus mm -hmm. and then went uh, direct 
in Sagittarius and then out of shadow right as it reached my Venus. Mm-hmm. So, so lots of definitely thinking going on with me about my relationships and how, you know, that legacy that I want to leave. I want to leave a legacy of, you know, reciprocity. Not yes. that I was always the one doing or that I always demanded things be done for me and, you know. Right. But yeah, and like your Venus and Aries in the first house, just knowing how that shows up, you know. Um, oh, I can be very much about me, me, me. Yes, lot. but you know that. So you make this conscious effort to assert yourself in other ways too, where you right. can be reciprocative in relationship. Yes. You're not just all about you, you, you. It's so, opposite because you're, you are the one that's done for everybody. And I'm the one that expects people to do for <laughs> me in a way. Um, you know, Aries tends to be a little selfish. So, um, but I'm also, you know, I can see why it's in detriment, but I've never looked at my Aries Venus as a negative I, I've looked at it as that's what makes me like fun and flirty and impulsive in a way. Or like, yeah, you know. well, all the areas true, but you know, we've talked before on the podcast about how you know I take the uh, the domicile, the exaltation, the fall, the detriment uh-huh. with a grain of salt. Yeah, um, in, in a way, and I know there's going to be people, people out there who disagree with me, but um, a lot of Western astrology was. Uh, uh, shifted under the patriarchy. Yep, I agree. And so that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's yeah. a whole nother episode we could go into. Um, but I don't feel like Venus uh, is in fall in Virgo. We've talked about that. I feel like that's Queen of Pentacles energy, right? You know, and Aries is the the softness as strength Venus, right? The um, I'm gonna assert myself, but I, I you don't you don't have to do that in an angry way, right? You know, it's it's okay to assert yourself as a woman, and they tell us that Venus is and detriment in Aries because they don't want women to assert themselves. Right. But that's just, I mean, these are just my opinions. But if you look at the places where they tell you these planets are in fall and detriment and all of that, you know, there might be a little reason why. Right. That's all I'm saying. The the reason is disempowering women, basically. (laughs) Even the Um, astrology system is uh, kowtowing to the patriarchy. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, Venus is just, she's really about finding pleasure um, and discovering who you are and, and how you interact with other people and how you can change that over time and evolve it. You know, every sign of Venus has a, just like anything, a shadow and a light side, no right. matter if it's in domicile, you know, exaltation, fall, whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah. So knowing your Venus placement is very, very helpful to determine uh, where you need to do your divine feminine work. And mine is in my daily habits and routines. Yours is really just learning. The first house really just learning to embrace that as your identity. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Especially in Aries. That's why I married a Venus ruled man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I agree. It's it, it's definitely a different journey for everyone, depending on where you're where it falls for you. Um, and it also could show you, you know, where you're how you're meant to earn money too. Um, your Venus placement could be. Or even the houses that that are ruled by Venus, um, your second house specifically. Yours um, is. Your second house is ruled by Venus. Right. So I, it, it, that's almost like the energy of you earn money through a brand, like mm. your own brand, which is what you're doing. Right. So that's pretty on, pretty on point for you. <laughs> also through real estate. <laughs> and through real estate, yeah. And, and Venus, no, she's not like any special thing in Cancer, but she she is pretty lovely in Cancer, yeah. which is your fourth house. Um, so you, it, it is funny that Venus is in your first house. Well, your moon too is in the ninth house. Mm-hmm. So I could see you even doing really well, like 
expanding, like not just selling things locally, but you know, going out and I plan selling. on it. Yeah, yeah. I so, love to travel, as so, you can tell. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That moon's there, but yeah. So, so you know, just knowing those things. You know, my Venus rules my third house and my tenth house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's in the sixth house of work <laughs> and daily service. So, it really for me, I think it. You know, the writing, the speaking, those types of things that right. I do are are meant to bring in some income and so it has already I make a little bit of money on my blog and I get new followers over there all the time mm-hmm. and so it'll be interesting to see this year you know I'm I, next month I enter a perfection year 10 mm. um, which is the career and the public image yeah. and and so it'll be interesting to see by the end of this year where I'm at with that but <laughs> I have yeah. lots of plans awesome <laughs> well that is Venus so um Ladies, it's time to heal some of those uh, wounds that we have and try to be a little bit more soft um, in our relationships with other people. Um, and that that's really the way, that's the true source of your power. Um, you know, you think of the most feminine women in history people were fighting wars over those chicks oh, i mean you know what i mean they well were there's like, goddess cultures that yeah. were usurped yeah. by the patriarchy yeah you know for this whole male dominated like christianity for example right or whatever so um is it, when you go as far back as you can go they were worshiping goddesses yes and when we get into the next episode we'll talk a little bit about fish cults yeah <laughs> and our next episode <laughs> is going to be a deep dive into pisces so be sure you check that one out when it comes out thank you so much for joining us today on the grand rising podcast and we look forward to your comments and messages and let us know how you enjoyed uh, this episode and any of our other episodes to be entered into the giveaway for a free human design and astrology reading take care everybody Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Grand Rising Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you would please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share. This helps us and ensures you stay up to date on the latest conversations. We say Grand Rising because the time has come for us all to stop mourning and start rising.